0: Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. Today's episode is brought to you by nobody. Because let's be honest, nobody likes to hear ads. We all just put up with it because we think we have to. Well, you know what? I decided, let's not do that for the time being and see how we get along. So let's get into what we all came here for, the actual episode. Alright folks, today we have a New Year's episode. It's the end of the year and I thought, you know what? Let's do a New Year's episode. could be fun. We're going to do some drinking, do some bullshit, and maybe talk about some upcoming ideas, or not so much ideas, but just... Maybe goals or aspirations for the following year. I'm not a big one on resolutions, and I kind of get into that in the podcast. But I think it's a good time of year to be able to reflect, think about what you did wrong, think about what you did right, and then hopefully make some corrections and then charge forward. So today oh, we brought on the Bourbon Boyos, Mr. Josh Judy and Tyler Aiken. We called this one the Bourbon Tater Podcast because... Well, we've been known to be called some taters, and we get into that a little bit to explain what that means, because I'll be honest, I had no idea what it meant when they first uh, told me about it. But we definitely had a good time, we were bullshitting having a, and uh, well, of course, having a good time, that was the whole point of this, is just to get together, share the experience, and uh, get a little bit of a relative rehab, because I don't know about you guys, but... I was much more looking forward to hanging out with the boyos than I was with my family around the holidays. But maybe that's my own problems that I need to work on, and that certainly is the case. But I'm going to stop rambling and let you guys listen to the episode. So please, sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Hess. And today we have a very special 2022-2023 New Year's episode. <laughs> and we've got the Bourbon Tater Boyos with us. Mr. Josh Judy. Oh, yeah. And Tyler Aiken. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Josh has been on the show before. Uh, we kind of ca- talked about his background with professional sports. If you've not heard those, go back and check that out to learn more about Josh. And then this is Tyler's first time on the podcast. And the three of us have been talking about doing a uh, bourbon tater podcast for quite a while. And, uh, I mentioned doing possibly like a New Year's episode. So here we are. This, this is what it is. So welcome, Tyler. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's uh, an sorry honor. it's not been sooner, but oh, as we all know, our lives have been a little crazy. So that's okay. Been waiting in
1: line. <laughs> For bourbon, sometime, you know. Yeah, you th- that this in. is very what, true. What you got priorities, you know. That's how we ended up here.
0: So, uh, since the people kind of know Josh a little bit if they've listened to the other episodes, which if, if you haven't, obviously stop, go back, listen to those. Uh, why don't you give us a little background about kind of who you are, where you grew up, maybe like any activities or sports you played, any kind of stuff like that, and we'll kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, i uh, born and raised in Akron, Ohio, um all 28 years there so far thank god um went to Cog falls high school played tennis in high school many people don't i did not know that, that. yeah it's many okay. people are like I didn't what that? the hell yeah it's like, that's awesome yeah so that was my sport in high school was tennis so okay buddy got me into it and it was just like you know what something to do in spring and i was like all right well let's go out and hit some balls around it yeah ever since then it was like something we would do and do you was- still play Occasionally. Okay. Nobody ever hits with me. Nobody. I don't have anybody beyond knowing you that plays tennis, but.
0: I, mean, I haven't played in years. I'm yeah. going to say I play tennis. I'd
1: love to. Well, well we can uh, make that just, just like this podcast happened. We can make that happen easily. I think, I've
0: think got another buddy who had been wanting to learn, so maybe we can play some doubles. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Like, I can't
1: serve for shit, though. It's bad. Well, I mean, come on now. <laughs> Is it because we're tall? Because no, I can't serve for shit no, either. It's, it's because I never practiced it enough and I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. Well, hell, how fast you can roll a bowling ball, you can swing a racket twice as fast, my man. I, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. sure, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I got into tennis, and after that, didn't really get into much sports in high school. Basketball was my thing growing up, but...
0: Playing or... Playing. Okay.
1: And I, when we got to high school, Cog Falls was just...
0: It's a huge school, so, yeah, if, if, if you're not going to be really, really good, you're not going to get a chance to play. And it's... it was
1: very, very political, and I don't just say that because like, I know that I probably wouldn't have made the cut, but it was, even for the folks, like friends that I had on the team, very political, just not something that I wanted to get into, even at high school level. I'm like, I knew I didn't want this, so just kind of did my thing and just really didn't pick up hobbies beyond record collecting, and then after doing that, getting out of high school... Started cigar smoking, and then that's actually what brought me into bourbon is starting smoking cigars, and then I got here. I am so
2: that's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. We have a lot in common. We, you know, love cigars, love vinyl collecting. I saw that you're a vinyl collector as
3: well. I
0: got I got a little baby collection started. I'm trying to get away from the technology part of it, get away from my phone or the TV or whatever, and be able to just tune into the old school. It'll be one of the good parts of. Getting the basement finished, where I can make this like a whiskey lounge, mm-hmm. where I can bring the record player down here, and we can just like chill and have the bar and have a it couple kind of unplug drinks and, and get yeah, away from everything. You know, like, have some tunes going and just talk and have a good time. We got the dartboard up. I want to get a little putting green down here to Because I mean. We're guys. I like to have activities to do, I like to do things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's obviously when we all get together we just sit around, we drink, and we bullshit. And that's kinda of what we do. But when I've got some of my other friends over here, we like to be either throwing darts or playing poker or doing something different. Well, don't forget you have your, your practice uh Yeah, which which I practice my over here with your I got, disc I got, golf. Got my disc yeah. golf basket no. set up and I can practice a good twenty five footer here in the house, which is nice. Um, But most people could care less. I mean, if I'm taking people out to learn, I think they'd much rather go throw and sit here and putt, you know, a hundred putts in a row or whatever. Like that's that's not something they're all that interested in.
1: But it's not much uh, something somebody can say they have in their basement is a uh, frisbee golf
3: basket. Yeah, yeah. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's like a lot of us have talked about before. I get very addicted to things, and that becomes an issue because what is that? I mean, like Josh, he's getting me back into bowling. I haven't bowled in like 20 years since high school. And I was all excited because again, one of my friends brought up the idea of let's go to let's go bowling, let's go bowling. And I'm like, The idea of going to a bowling lane without a bowling ball fit for me to just grab a house ball and chuck it down does not sound like fun to me. So that's why I Just asked, didn't appeal to you. No, it does not sound like fun <laughs> at all. That's why I asked you. I'm like, hey, like can you get me a ball? Let's get me fitted. Let's let's go talk to Donnie. I took you to the you know, whisperer himself. To, to, the, to, the, to the damn wizard. You know, and it got me all fitted up. And now it's like, okay, cool. Now I've got a chance that I can go out and I can practice as much or as little as I want. If I want to go out and play once a year, at least I have a ball. Yeah. You know, But I know me and I'm going to probably get addicted and want to start competing in something because that's something that I've been missing personally in my life is competing so it's and maybe it'll be something and, that I'll get and into, especially
2: with with how the weather is here oh, in yeah. Northeast Ohio. It's, it's something that you can do year round. Yes, mm-hmm. you know it's not like golf where you have a certain season or tennis that's in you know outdoors. This is indoors. You can do it year round and for life. Yeah, you know it. It really is a sport that you can continue to do for life.
0: Yeah. So, but again, like I tend to get over addicted to things, so that's where the basket came in because I wanted to practice putting and. You ever thought yeah, about I so like one. I know
2: like in the in the clubhouse, um, playing sports and whatnot, we would set up like solo cups, red solo cups, yeah, and try to put the ball in the solo cup right on the carpet.
1: There you go. That's something so
2: to try. You could do that down I here. And have like a little like, hey, I can put it in the in the cup, and I've, you I've, can't. I've done that.
0: <laughs> I've done that kind of stuff for for years. Like I used to have like little. My, my old apartment, I used to have like three or four different holes around the living room. Oh, yeah. They were just they were just taped on the floor with some masking tape, and I would like either putt to it or putt through it, and ideally try to be like six inches behind the the hole, so to speak, with the putt to know that you got enough distance to get it there and enough oomph, exactly right because you can't make any putts that so you leave short, so it's like you, <laughs> yeah, you it's got- like take your purse off, Sally, you <laughs> know you, you got to get it there. So <laughs> I've done that kind of stuff, but like down here specifically is I want to get one of those actual like putting mats. Oh, okay. And so actually okay. simulate more of how it rolls like on an actual green to work on speed. For sure. Because that's what's the most important thing with putting is getting your speed down. Once you have your and speed Get that feel. Yes. Yeah.
2: Being I'll, able to to line up correctly and like just have that, that nice feel. Yeah. Where everything is the same and you can kind of gauge like how like you said, the speed. Yeah, because, like once once ball. I
0: go to a like Once I go to a golf course, the very first thing I do is go to the practice green Mm -hmm. and start Mm -hmm. chipping and putting, obviously, and chip around, just kind of get a feel for that. But then once I start putting, like, I don't care about the hole. I'm not trying to read lines. All I care about is distance. So I remember listening listening to a podcast where they try to, they take three balls and they put a ball out there, say five, six feet. It's irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. And then you try to put the next ball past that one, but within a club's length. So, within, Ooh, okay. within like three feet. And the next one, you got to put it past the second one, but within a club's length. And it gives you a real good feel for what the speed is of the greens for that day. So, like later when you get on the actual course, you kind of have an idea for the, the speed. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. if you get your speed right, as long as you're somewhat close on the read, you should have a tap. I'm not looking to make 10-footers. I'm not that good.
2: But I'm, you're looking to stay two or less yeah, on a green. Like, I'm trying And I think to, that's a great tool. Like, I learn something new every day, like. I'm gonna start yeah, using f- that like when I go to the course. Hey, I want to do that. Like yeah. you said, put it within five feet, and then go three feet past it, three feet past that. That's a great way to gauge, you know, like for for that day if you have the feel or not.
1: Feel. Exactly. That was even like that exercise you helped me out with when we were practicing last season, where we would I would go into putting green, then take five steps back, then try it again from that, and then yeah. take. So that's really look at this wizard. Over there's,
0: it's, not, it's not that. It's like I just – I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. I like to watch a lot of instructional videos. Um, I like to try to immerse myself in the things that I'm getting involved with because I, I understand like the more information that I can bring in, the more I can learn. The more I can learn, the better I can be. It's, it's just mm-hmm. how it goes, right? So there's always like good tips and tricks in there that most people, you know, don't really think about. I remember listening to a pro once and somebody asked him, like, hey – Like, most people don't – because what we're supposed to do is get to the golf course, you know, like an hour early and stretch and warm up and do all those kind of things. Hit a bucket of balls. Yeah, yeah, like, go go get a bucket of balls. Get yourself warm. Mimic actual play. Like, hit a driver. Hit an iron shot. Hit a chip. Like, hit a driver. Hit an iron shot. Hit Mm -hmm. a chip. Like, not just wail away on your driver because that's what most guys, all they care about is getting distance off the tee. And it's like, that's not helping you score. You know, it's was like, you should be more worried about chipping and putting. Like, what is it? Like, they say half of the golf game is within 100 yards. So if you're not good there, you're not going to score well. That just is what it is. Hey, that's me. And, <laughs> and, the, and the problem with that is, is like the only way to get better at that is to just practice. It's repetition. Yeah. Like, I, I always tell people, it's like, I remember talking to a good friend of mine, Todd, a great, great uh, friend of the podcast, Todd Ginger. And he talked about when he got really good at golf is when he and his wife were like living away from each other. I think I think they were still in college. They were doing the whole long distance thing. And that was back in the day where they'd like write letters to each other. They were, oh, they, there ooh, were cell phones. Okay. So it's it's way back in the day. But he had talked about how like a handful of times a week, like two, three, maybe four times a week, he would go to his local golf club after a class or work or whatever it is he was doing and go walk nine. Like just before they closed. And he'd play like three or four or five balls into the green. He might only play like one, maybe two off the tee, but into the green, he's going to play like, like four or five and putt a bunch and chip a bunch. And he's like, that's when I got really good. Like once I could get up and down and get around on the greens, he's like, that's when I started scoring well. And even now that he's older and doesn't have the mobility and the strength and everything else, like he still scores pretty well because yeah, like he only drives the ball now 225 yards maybe, but he can get up and down from a hundred yards. Whereas, like, I'm not even on the green usually. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm left or right of it. I might be a little short because I chunked it or whatever. But I'm usually not putting after that, you know. Right. Whereas he's probably within ten foot, you know, and maybe a little further than that two putt walk off. And there you go, you know. I was like, okay, well, that's all she wrote there.
1: So, there's no better practice than just doing it, right? Of all, so. uh,
0: yes and no, right? Because there's there's got to be a fine line with sports between practice and play, and. There's a certain amount of play that can't be replicated in practice, and I understand that with the nerves and the stress and right. the elements and the ball above or below your feet, depending on the lie, and those, kinds, especially in golf, and those kind of things. But with with regular sports, it's like there's a point of repetition where you're just learning how to do the motions. You've got to go through it over and over and over again until it becomes subconscious. You don't have to think about it. Then you can focus on other things. Now, that seems to be the same with any sport that I've ever really played. I mean, it's like you've got to do drills – to get good at certain things that you're not good at. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you have to be able to go and put that out on the court or the field or the, the pitch or whatever. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to be able to put that out there somewhere when you're playing. Right, for sure. So, right. I don't know. But the ramblings of the used-to-be athlete that was never very good. <laughs> You've got, um, you got an actual professional athlete over here. And I'm talking about like my and beer past life. My, my beer league stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just never even did anything in college for God's sakes.
2: <laughs> That's quite all right, though. We still love you.
0: Well, I appreciate that. We'll keep you around,
2: but, see? Na- see? <laughs> but now we're going to get you in the bowling. You know,
0: I think get that going. I think that could be something that I could compete in. Which is nice about that is like I've been looking more into longevity sports because I can't do a lot of the other things that I used to be able to do because my my body just can't take it anymore, especially with my hip. I, I can't jump, I can't bound, I can't run, I can't do those things that I used to be able to do without lots and lots of pain and sleepless nights. <laughs> yeah. So, Father gotta, time just catches up yeah, sometimes, you know? Got to find same, something. Same I, with me. I ruined it doing weightlifting for sure. So. Ah, uh, yeah, you were talking about it that. It is what it is. It's the injury that we don't know what happened. My uh, chiropractor calls it his Bermuda Triangle <laughs> oh. because oh. we can never figure out what the <laughs> hell was wrong. I've seen multiple different doctors, all kinds of... MRIs, x-rays, everything. All the doctors tell me I'm fine. I'm like, well, I can't fucking sleep, so I'm not fine. There's something wrong here. <laughs> there's something in yeah, here. Yeah, there's that's something not right wrong. <laughs> I've actually looked at flying down to Texas uh, to take uh, some stem cell treatments, but it's like $4,000 a shot. It's like, Oof, I don't have golly. that kind of money right now. So we'll see. Maybe in the future when I'm wealthier, win the lottery. Who knows?
1: Hey, that Mega Millions is almost eight hundred million. Hey, I told you. I, I told Josh the other day you, we win the Mega Millions. When you all get a text, hey, we're going on that barrel pick. That, that means I won. <laughs> so just get your bags packed and we're getting ready to go. So,
0: well, if I win, we're all going to go get custom fit for golf clubs. Whole <laughs> bag for all of us. You just need to get some lessons first. L- let's just put
1: it this way. Book a week of time, fellas, because we got lots of stuff to do. <laughs> we're, <gonna be> <laughs> <something>, <laughs> we're definitely going to go do something stupid. <laughs> well, we are guys, so that
0: would make sense. <laughs> right. And that is stupid with two O's, folks. <laughs> Lo- <loop it. laughs> All right. Well, I guess let's answer the obvious question. Uh, so, what is a bourbon tater?
2: <laughs> I think it's somebody that shows up early, puts out their chair, doesn't sit in it. And they show up with socks and sandals, cargo shorts, belly hanging out, grease stains on their t-shirt, and it looks like they've been eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew in their grandmother's basement. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the, the average American male, is that what you're saying? Well, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we come on all, all shapes and sizes, but I, I think that that's where um, everybody has this, this stereotype. But you see in, like in a lot of all these groups with – not only whiskey, but beer sharing groups, any kind of spirit, any any kind of collecting group, really. There's that select few of people that put, oh, well, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't wait in line and do all that for this or that. Like tick- You know, back in the day, they used to wait in line for tickets to go to a concert.
0: Yeah, very true.
2: Um, I think it's just human nature to want to... Get, go after something that they can't have
0: or they go to or that extremes. Others, that others can't have that's hard to get. Right, right.
2: Or you go to extremes
0: in order to, to get it, to fulfill, you know, something that, that you want. Okay. So to back up, so in the context, we're specifically talking about people who wait in line for bourbon. Like we, we call it bourbon hunting, right? And, and here in Ohio, it's an interesting thing because like we were talking about kind of at lunch before we uh, recorded this podcast – is that this is actually an interesting state that, is that 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 this happens at because the state allocates all of the bourbon like for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because it's controlled by the state, the stores have no real say in kind of what happens. You're exactly right. So they kind of get whatever the state gives them. And the great thing about that for us is like they have to sell it at MSRP, which is awesome because if you go to other states where it's not controlled, they can sell bottles at whatever the hell they want to. Exactly. Yeah, and there's there's this whole problem that we call the secondary market, where these asshats will go in there and they'll sell these bottles that they might have bought for sixty bucks, and it'll sell for three, four, five hundred dollars. Sometimes some are even a lot more expensive than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but on average, I would say most of them probably go somewhere between two and. Four? I would say that's probably yeah, pretty... Yeah, that, that, that's
2: a pretty good guess right there. You know, pretty standard, that two to four range. Somebody that, that picks up a bottle that waited in line, they're trying to account for their time spent. Um, getting a bottle at retail, they may have paid 100 bucks for this bottle. when, And because of the scarcity and the rarity of it, and it being only released, like, let's say, once a year by the distillery, they're going to, in turn, try to make three times as much. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it kind of look it's kind of the same thing as like a pawn shop. Pawn shop's going to offer you 50 bucks for your your watch, but well, they're in in turn going to sell it for three times as well, much because right,
1: they always want to make something <laughs> off of it. They don't want to, their time, all of the money spent on that. It, it it's an investment to them and right. it and it truly it, is. I get it, but they're,
2: they're trying to get it at like at a at, you know, the pawn shop thing. They're trying to get things at a third of the price because they want to make
0: double. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I mean, that that's standard retail though I think if you have a retail business is like you buy it from the distributor, you double it, you put it on the shelf, and that's all she wrote like the issue that I have is that you know it's like we're we're the weird ones in in this kind of realm in the, in the bourbon hunting realm because. We open our bottles and share them with each other.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
2: like, it doesn't matter how rare it is or how, what the cost was or anything. Yeah. We
1: should be called the unicorns is what I think because that, that's a unicorn kind of thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's very rare. Because
0: it's funny because when I first got into bourbon hunting, I, I spent about a year, maybe a year and a half, stopping at my local store, which is, which is here in town. I'd say two or three times a week. And I would go in there when I had time, mm-hmm. after work or the gym or whatever. And I'd stop in like, "Hey, did you guys get anything good this week? Or what's going on? Do you have anything allocated?" And all those kind of. And I get the same kind of responses that you get when when most people learn about Blantons and they see the fancy bottle on John Wick and they want to go get themselves a bottle and and they're like, "Oh, I want some Blantons. You got any Blantons? Who's who's got the Blantons? Where's the Blantons?" And and I'm sure the stores get pretty sick of hearing all that kind of stuff. But I mean, for me, I thought I was hitting it hard. Because I was stopping in there multiple times a week, I was asking but questions. But you were making
2: yourself known.
0: No, oh, yes and no, right? Mm-hmm. Because like I was talking to like a bunch of different people through different mm-hmm. shifts or whatever. It's so, like I was talking to the manager every time or whatever. It wasn't like that. Trying to make like one of those like, good good mm-hmm. connections or what have you. But I, I didn't realize what it actually took to get good bottles. Unless you want the stuff that's just sitting on the shelf, it's like here in Ohio, it's like you gotta go fucking wait in line Definitely. or you got to pay secondary prices for it, which I refuse to do. I will mm-hmm. not do that.
2: Right. Yeah. And, I, and I think, too, like with the secondary market is that people put that price tag on it, but it's more of a trade value. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of cash transactions. You're starting well, that, to see Well, all That's because more, that's, more than because that's yes.
0: illegal. <laughs> right. You're, you're a lot of trade.
2: <laughs> to trade. Right. But you're starting to see it here lately because I think a lot of people took up this hobby and whatnot during COVID. Okay. Um, so they spent a lot of money, let's say on their credit cards or whatnot, because it's expensive, you know, bottles of booze that you really want that are allocated are not cheap. They're, you know, they range anywhere from 60 to 200 Yeah, retail. You start putting that, you know, racking that up on a credit card and let's say you're not working through COVID or whatnot. Now is when you're starting to see more and more people that are asking for cash right. for these bottles. Versus the trade value yeah. where a lot of people, <clears throat> I mean, I, I fall victim of it too. You know, I, I will stock up on certain, certain allocated bottles that are a little bit more readily available that I could use to trade for a bigger and better bottle.
0: And you have to use the secondary market to do so. But, yeah, but, but hopefully with the trades at least is like if you buy them at MSRP – You can get that other bottle that you want for a decent price. It might be over, for sure. It might be over MSRP, sure, but it might literally not be available here in Ohio. So you have to trade for it if you want to get it, unless you want to do like what we did in like early September of last year. You know, it's like, maybe 2022, it's Like we went down to Kentucky to try to score some bottles like mm-hmm. at the distilleries and all that kind of good stuff. So. Well,
1: we saw how that was hit or miss, too. So that you yeah. can't even count on that always. You exactly. Have, so you do have to rely on the secondary market if you are looking to get those bigger bottles. And fortunately for us, we open them, we drink them, we enjoy them together. But there's folks that are getting those bigger bottles, and we know folks just like that. Oh, yeah. Getting those bigger bottles to get bigger bottles, to sit on, to flex, to make money, and to just... Say I got something better than you got. Yeah, which
0: which is funny because like you you spend a lot of time waiting in lines around here if you want good bottles of bourbon. So you you hear people talking. I usually put my headphones in and try to ignore everybody because I just (laughs) just don't care. You know, unless I'm hanging with you guys, that's different. But uh, it's like I don't want to hear – because like they're always bitching about somebody else and it's like, bitch, you were just talking about how you missed like two bottles like yesterday and the day before. It's like you can't drink three bottles in a week. Like what are you doing? Like I know you're doing the same goddamn thing you're bitching him about. Like – and don't, I don't think, and, and I
2: think that that's a great way to go back to the point what is a tater, and I think that that's the epitome of being a tater is complaining about the next guy because you didn't score whatever, but you're standing in line with that same person, but you're standing in line <laughs> with that same person, you're going after the same bottles, you're still stocking up on the bottles that you got you know prior that you're bitching about hey i I scored two bottles of Blantons you know yesterday. And you're waiting in line today and you didn't get one and you're whining and crying about it
1: because you didn't get your way. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's being a tater. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, I think taters get bad raps. I mean, those folks, they, they, those are the taters, but people like us, when everybody walks in, I mean, we've all been part of it. When somebody walks down through the liquor section, like, what are you all here for? We're here for bourbon. It's well, this early. It's like, well, I've also met two of my best friends standing in Mm -hmm. line and I can say that I've had great conversations with other people that I wouldn't have had anywhere else, any other place in this world. So it, there's the give and take. And I think people are really missing out on what you're, what the good things are in the bourbon world. Yeah. Because they're...
2: They focus so much on on the cons. Exactly. And they focus so much on like, well, I wouldn't do that. So why, why are you doing that? You know, kind of thing. Instead of, hey, you know, like you said, met two of my best friends. And, you know, we went on a trip together. We've we've done activities outside of whiskey. Whiskey is the only thing that just brought us together. Yeah. Right. But we went golfing together. We went bowling. We, you know, met everybody's significant others. We get to wish you congratulations, you know, for getting engaged. you, you. Um, You know, just a number of things. Yeah, this was a small thing that brought us together, but it was the friendship that was you know, the main thing to hear.
1: Exactly. And well, I think that's what's missed. Well, yeah. I,
0: th- I think that's an interesting s- spot for like the three of us specifically. Like here we are like dudes from like different worlds and realms and everything else. And it's like all of a sudden it's like we- we've known each other for what? A little over a year? year and a half two? maybe? Something like that? Two. Two. It's been two years? It's been two years. So and, like, so
2: we-, we technically met
0: like waiting in line well, yeah, but we during re- COVID. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really like start. Talking, talking.
2: Until my wife decided <laughs> to say, hey, by the
0: way, you know, so-and-so used to do this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it brought up an interesting thing for me because I love talking to athletes and sports. Yeah. I, it's, it's what I relate to. It's what I've done most of my life. Um, uh, obviously, at a very small level locally just for fun. <laughs> but uh, it was it was interesting because like I, I think we've talked about it before. I think you and I talked about it on, on your first podcast. Is like I feel like we've known each other for decades. Yeah, like it feels like we—it feels, like we, feels like we've been friends for like a very like since like high school, kind of like a long time, and it's like we've known each other for a, a couple of years at the most, they, right? You know, so it's like it's it's interesting, but
1: well, I can even say the same because there's a generation gap between us two, us three, and I feel like there is no gap when we're all hanging out, like. Yeah, I know I'm the younger one in the group, but it it does I don't feel that vibe where right. I've had with other people where it's like, yeah, you're the young one, you got to sit at the kids' table. It's like <laughs> screw you guys. I don't want to sit at the kids' table. Like
0: <laughs> I want to eat with the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who does right? <laughs> it, right? But it's
1: just it's amazing what something like bourbon can do to bring something like this together because I I I'm thankful for it every day. So
2: Absolutely. And I think it's just a great way to to show that, you know, humankind, like there's still that goodness in the world. Harsh. Per se. You know, like you see a lot of negativity in this world, what have you, but this just goes but, to but show think, you that that you know there's still good there. But I think
0: that negativity is just what people focus on because <laughs> of the corporate media and yeah. uh social media and all that bullshit. Like if you actually talk to real people, you'll realize that most people are pretty
1: decent people. I agree with you, but sometimes to talk to a real person, you got to dig quite a bit to get to that real person.
0: Uh, most that's because most of them are so incapable of communicating with somebody else at this point because they're so used to social right, media. Right.
2: And I think that that's where we, you know, how we kind of put this brought us together, but it's not why we're together. Of course. You know, and I think that yeah, because that, obviously that plays a huge
0: all thing. of us have met a bunch of other people, bourbon hunting and standing in line and talking. That and are a bunch of asshats. <laughs> well, yeah, essentially, <laughs> damn taters. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. So,
2: but then there's also like a handful of people that you know, outside of like our group, that are still genuine human beings, yeah. like that are great. Hey, you know what? I, I don't mind having a conversation with you. Exchange numbers and text, and and. Realistically, like it's how you get information. Mm-hmm. Use, you know, whether it's Facebook or Reddit or whatever, to get information, to gain information, because we're all trying to achieve the same thing, is to go after stuff that we can't have.
1: That, that's essentially the whole entire chase of bourbon. That Absolutely. It.
2: And it's the, the thrill of the hunt. It is. You know, like, we have a bottle sitting right in front of us that's uh, released once a year, it's super highly allocated. It's the Four Roses small batch barrel strength limited edition release. It was a complete surprise to you and I that
1: it was even at our store. I was I'm a betting man. You all know this. I would have never bet that was at our store, but that the thrill of the hunt when that showed up on the list, it was just like, oh my gosh. Like it was like kids in
0: candy stores. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think most people wouldn't be looking for the four roses because they're so how I say it enamored with Buffalo Trace products Mm -hmm. because that's what everybody talks about granted they make some fantastic products yes you know but there's some other really good shit out there there's great stuff that sits on the shelf like you talked earlier you know
2: going into your liquor store and being able to grab something off the shelf there's fantastic fantastic spirits that sit on the shelf yeah you don't have to wait in line but you wait in line because it draws you to higher and higher tiers of spirits
0: because i know i know for me especially like when i have poker nights with the boyos it's a lot of fun to say hey have you tried this and like i've never even seen it like well you're at for like try it see if you like it and
2: that's the biggest flex like you were talking earlier tyler like that's the biggest flex like for me personally is to be able to hey i got this let's let's crack it open and share it and see what all the hype and what all the
1: greatness is about it and, and that's the beauty of it. Exactly. And to enjoy it, to have a story behind that bottle. I mean, when you crack it with, I mean, bottles that we've cracked, I can tell you stories where it's like, oh, that's the first time I found out this about that person or found out this about them. And it just, it makes that all the more special, <laughs> all the more special. So it's not just about the liquid inside yeah, the bottle. And just
2: like, we you know, we talked about like, you know, when we first kind of met in lines, like it all started out like, I'm only going to purchase th- things at retail, whatever, but it's not what's inside the bottle that's you know what counts it's it's the fragile part of life and the friendships that are made that's that's what's important
0: mm-hmm. it's mean, just
2: the bottle that the bottle is the segue that brings you together
0: I, w- I know there was a like a bourbon documentary that was done and i think uh freddie had like a line in there talking about some uh rich guy who had like a huge collection who never really shared with anybody and he's like When's the last time you like cracked open a bottle and shared it with like friends or family or whatever? And he's like, I collect this stuff. I I, yeah, I don't, I don't drink it so much or I might enjoy it myself, but I don't share it. And he's like, dude, like that's what it's for. Like that's, that's what it's Break. meant. To, like it's just meant to like pop open and to share it and have a pour and share. It. And I guess, I guess this guy and then Freddie had told the story from uh, Buffalo Trace and, and he, he was saying that uh, the guy I like, cracked it open with his son. And some of his friends or whatever it was, and they 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 shared this this bottle of of whatever it was, and he said that was the first time that my son has hugged me as an adult. You know, because like we we had this experience and kind of realized, oh shit, like this this really yeah. is the purpose of it. This is it. absolutely mm-hmm. because I mean, it's kind of like I told you guys, like my my FOMO is kind of worn off. You know, it's like if I get some good bottles, great. You know, and if I don't, whatever. Like they'll be back around next year, or the year after, or whatever. Like I'm still going to be into bourbon when this bourbon craze is gone away. Like I enjoy Absolutely. it. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 my jam. It's 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 right up my alley. So the idea of uh, like having to be you know in line like every every week or every day or whatever is like eh, like uh, I I'll, I'll, I got plenty of good bottles upstairs, right. you know, and it's like I'll, I'll, have, I'll have plenty of good bottles to share. So it's like,
2: and right now I do it mostly because. <laughs> I enjoy hanging out with
1: you guys. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that, what, yesterday, what did we stand in line for? <laughs> we stood in line to hang out. We basically stood in line <laughs> to hang out. They, they didn't have anything. Yeah, green and we, but we were Yeah, they had green
2: light, But we were still there basically just for the conversations. And what we, you know, nicknamed our group was the Breakfast Club. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, that's what we looked forward to. Yeah, we didn't get there super early in the morning. You know, like, it, it was just, we got there right when the doors opened and, and it is what it is, whether you're first or or, or not. Like, it didn't matter yesterday because that's not why we were there. Yeah, it was the
0: same reason why I came to hang out with you guys, like, uh, right, right there by Christmas. Like, well, I'm going to hang out with the Boyos for Christmas. Like, my daughter was home for, you know, the, the holiday, obviously. And I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, take time away from her. But I knew she'd be sleeping in anyway. So I was like, okay, I'll sacrifice a little bit of sleep, go to bed a little early, and then, you know, go hang out with the Boyos. And lucky for me... You know, there was a good drop that day, and I got myself a good bottle, which was great because I had a friend who'd been looking for that bottle. So I got to text her and be like, hey, I got you something. It
1: all worked out, And right? she was
0: so excited. She like, oh, my God, Christmas came early. This is amazing. So I was like, hey, this is great. You know, so it all, it all kind of worked out, which is fun. And now we're going to pause for a corp.
3: Ooh, that was a good one. America. <laughs> that was
2: good. <laughs> <America>. <laughs> we just cracked open the 2022... Bombergers, which is a limited edition from Michter's Distillery that's released once a year. This is bottle one thousand six hundred four of two thousand eight. Cool. Now that
0: was supposed to be going around uh, the distillery while well, we were down there in September. Correct. Correct. Okay, so we didn't see any, but
1: the next week it was at the distillery. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's what <laughs> we it was had there. just yeah. missed it.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, it it seems like. We kind of missed our trip by a couple of weeks. We were just a, a touch too early.
1: Yeah, it felt like it, we were right at the start of when it was all going to start to kick off yeah. down there in Kentucky. But I still, I mean, it was I know of
0: Realistically, we, we all planned it around the Old Forester birthday bourbon mm-hmm. release. That's what we had planned our whole trip around. And then just before we were going on our <laughs> trip, we found out that... They weren't even going to release it. They were going to do a lottery for it. Like, well, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know the what? Airbnb is already booked. So we're going. Yep. <laughs> so, we went
2: and we had a great time. We were still able to score a great bottle from Old Forester. still. Yes. Uh, we had the tours booked. So that was the um, the tour that we had at Buffalo Trace, the Colonel Taylor tour. All that history. Oh, my god, th- That was just mind-blowing. You know, they had been making bourbon since before we were a country. And just seeing all the the stuff that's still there that's original from the 1800s was just mind
1: blowing. I think to see it in person, you know, I've yeah. seen pictures, I've seen videos of it, but to actually see it in person, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Like this this is real. Like not that it's being not real in the video, but you could actually touch it, feel it, see it. Like you were there. You, yeah. You. I don't know. It was just something else. Like being in that atmosphere, it was awesome. Awesome. Awesome experience. It so, was
0: a lot of fun. And I know that you and I were, Tyler, you were you and I were on the uh, computer uh, the morning that they oh, released goodness. the tours. <laughs> like, as soon as it was up, like, refresh, 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 book the tour. You know, it was like, holy shit, we got it. Oh, my God. Because those things sell out, like, within minutes. Because, like, they're, well, I guess they don't sell out, but they're all booked up within minutes because they're all free at Buffalo Trace.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, it's first first come, first served, and... We just happened to be on the ball, and we knew when they were going to be releasing. So
1: That was an exciting night. Yeah, we,
0: we got that tour, which was good, because that's like the tour that everybody tries to get.
1: Mm-hmm. And I can see why. I can definitely see why now that we've been a part of it, That why that is such a highly demanded tour. But I just want to go back. I want to go see another tour.
0: I want to see the uh, expansion tour. I, that's what
2: We'd love all to the, see the expansion tour. With Buffalo all the Trace. new rickhouses and everything. And, and I think part of that expansion tour is you get to go into bottling where they bottle Blanton's. Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I would assume it's like with all these new distilleries – not new distilleries. With all these new rickhouses the distilleries are putting up, it's like, yeah, they've got to get them going because they've got to age the bourbon. That That's the only problem of bourbon is you got to fucking wait – Forever, yeah, to get it to be a good. You got to at least get to
2: that six to eight year range for it to even be
0: decent. Yeah, so you know? it's like they're they're putting all these new you know barrels up and what is it? What is it the Rickhouse holds like. Like Three hundred thousand barrels or something
2: yeah, remember stupid. Remember when oh we, we, we did that tour at Heaven, Heaven Hill, Hill? Yeah, yeah. they had a hundred and fifty rickhouses, but each one held like ten thousand barrels. And then or depending like
1: on that. the structure of the rickhouse, it, it held, held more, more barrels, and yeah. it was yeah. a whole thing. No, the I'd- one,
2: the one that they had that uh, like church steeple like rickhouse had like a hundred and fifty thousand barrels. Yeah. Like Ungodly amounts of barrels. I mean, we're talking about I, I all I the big mongrels of you know the the bourbon world. You know that you're one of your big five distilleries that you know that basically produce the world's whiskey, right? Or yeah. When you
1: figure you go into a store, you're going to see that kind of bourbon. They're regular offerings on the shelf, yeah, and they have to have it somewhere. You're going to they... see regular
2: Woodford Reserve. You're going to see Elijah Craig. You're going to see regular Larceny. You're going to see some of the other bottled in bonds from Heaven Hill. You're going to see Michter's rye, Mm -hmm. Michter's bourbon. You're going to see a lot of that stuff on the
0: shelf. All right, so at Heaven Hill, the newer, modern rickhouse, which is what everybody's building nowadays, uh, are 315 feet long, 120 feet wide. They're seven stories tall with a capacity of more than 55,000 barrels each.
3: Oh. Oh. So there's
0: there's a lot of barrels that are put in all these new rickhouses. I guess is,
2: I, I went a little overboard I, three times that much when I said 150,000 yeah. barrels. That's but right. you know
0: what? I we got could have excited. been drinking that day. We could <laughs> have been drinking <laughs> that day. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that's the interesting part is because like all those barrels have to be put away for storage so they can age. But then later, obviously, all the distilleries are going to have to bump up all of their, their bottling, their processing, their shipping, like everything else. But that can come – Later, obviously, because they've got, realistically, six to ten years until all of that bourbon is going to be viable to be, be put back on the market.
2: To, to, yeah, to basically keep up to their standards of what they release.
0: Yeah. So, it's, it's going to be an yeah, interesting time have, in a handful of years coming up, but you it's, have to hand it's it to still going to be a uh, while.
2: You really have to hand it to those master distillers at those big distilleries in order to achieve that same profile And every small batch, you know, Elijah Craig small batch, they're all
0: the same. Yeah, they taste very similar.
1: Go back to Buffalo Trace, E.H. Taylor small batch. I mean, my gosh, two bottles side by side, it's going to taste almost identical. And it's blended bourbon. Like, that is amazing. To get to that level Mm -hmm. and to have that skill, I would love to pick their brains for an hour. Like, Mm -hmm. that would be
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, they are wizards for sure. And thank you,
2: Volstead Act, you know, and the repeal so that we, you know, can freely drink booze in this country for
0: real yeah <laughs> the fact that they try to keep that from us is just pathetic well they, 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 they do
2: because they couldn't get tax money and whatnot oh shocker right
1: it comes
0: out of tax
2: money oh,
1: oh <laughs> tyler wait till you try this oh. the look on your face i was like all right well i know where i'm going next so. oh. oh man Matt, I think you would really enjoy this one. Uh,
0: not a shocker. Shanks is one of my favorites we had on Unicorn Night with one of our whiskey nights. I do not even know what the hell it was. I'm like, oh my God, I love this. <laughs> and now you have one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you got me one for Christmas. I did. Which is, I just can't even thank you enough. Bourbon Claws Josh so over here. <laughs> yep. Well, it's it's honestly, it's pretty interesting to me because like my family's never been big on gifts. Like, when I go to Christmas with my family, like, my grandma always gets me something to open because she wants all the grandkids to have something to yeah. open. But the adults don't really do, like, a gift exchange or a white elephant or anything. It's mm-hmm. just the kids get stuff and that's it. Like, I'm cool with that. It doesn't bother me at all. But then, like, when I go with my family, like, with my dad and my brother and his family and my daughter, like, we all essentially just do, like, gift cards and stuff. Like, nobody yeah. does any, anything thoughtful or whatever. So, it's it was funny because – when we had our pre christmas Hansa, Quantica, whatever they do, <laughs> we called that stupid thing. It was like, that was the first time that I'd have gotten like an actual gift that somebody thought about for me that I would actually enjoy in years. I can't even think of the last time that it happened. And It was like, I was fucking blown away. Like, yeah. holy shit, this is amazing. That's what friend, friends yeah. are for, you
2: know, like – we had this, like, whole, like, giving that we were going to do, and then we turned it in, like you said, the pre-Christmas Hanzo I know Koma Vivian Hanzo came G- up with that, your you wife. <laughs> Maka. <Likimaka>. And uh, <laughs> um, I just thought that that was a great way to, you know, hey, you've been you, – you know, when we were down there – Going through all the distilleries and going into the gift shops, seeing if they released anything, and looking at forums and stuff on Facebook. Hey, they had such and such, and we would get there and be out of it, or it'd be the next day when we had a tour booked over here or there. And I know that you really loved it. Like you said, you know, trying that on Unicorn, I was like, ah, I gotta try and get an extra one of these. Like, gotta get one for you.
1: And he was nice enough to score me a Michter's 10-year ride. I I mean, my gosh, this guy, he just pulls out all cards nonstop. I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah,
2: I got you the Michter's. I knew that you loved Michter's Distillery, and it's one of the bottles that's really hard to get here in Ohio. And uh, thankfully, you know, I have some connections outside of the state and able to score those at retail. So um, I know that, you know, the two of you were were really looking for those bottles. So that was my, my gift
0: to you. Well, thank you very much. Well, thank You're you. Greatly I appreciate it. it.
2: But then, you know, Tyler came back and it was like when we were at the distillery and we went to that chocolate um, place <laughs> and that lady make this, this lady makes bourbon ball chocolates that are paired with and made with all the different expressions of bourbon being my favorite bourbon, you know, everyday drink is Eagle Rare and it's still the, basically the one that got me into whiskey years and years ago.
1: Tyler got me bourbon balls that were made by Eagle, Were made with Eagle Rare. I had to try. I had to think something heartfelt. You know, I said, <laughs> I wish they had blue label Old Forester. That's what I was hunting for you. I even emailed I even emailed the darn lady and said, hey, are they just not on the website? And she's like, no, the best I got is the Old 100. And I'm like, eh, this will do. This will do, pig. Yeah. That, that'll do, pig. That'll do. <clears throat>
2: and then, to top it all off, you got those Old Forester Majescas. Well, wow. Like, if you remember, like, when we were on the tour, they f- – you know they always have like the flight that you taste, and then they have like their chocolate that you taste at the end. And those Majescas are out of this world. For anybody that doesn't know,
1: it is just a bite of heaven. If you're on the fence, <laughs> order. Them. If you're on the fence, order them. I'll send you my address. You can send them if you don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I exactly. would not be giving out your address <laughs>
0: yeah. on the interweb, sir. Uh. I, for I know, Majeska's, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, mean, I know technically it's all out there anyway. You just have to know where to go look for it. But still, I wouldn't <laughs> be putting it out in a public forum like this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess the next, next logical question is, is like, how did you Boyos get started into bourbon? Do you remember your first experience or maybe your first allocated bottle or anything like that?
1: Oh, I – I've always drank whiskey. I mean, even when I was in high school, I I never did the vodka, the tequila. Like, it was always Jack Daniels or some type of whiskey when we were growing up. Um, That was my dad drank, too. So that was another thing. It was like, I didn't know how to differ far from the path because that's what dad always drank. Um, Like I said, I got into cigars probably, it was about a year after high school. So, like, 2013, 2014, I got into cigars for a couple years. I was really interested, like, just picking up cigars, getting as much research as I can about them. About 2017, that's when I really kind of dove into saying, hey, what can I drink with these cigars that is going to amplify the experience for me? Okay. And that was bourbon. And my first bottle was a bottle of good old Blanton's. The good wow. old horsey top. The old Imagine, horsy top. That. Imagine that. I remember it. Um, I, my dad actually got it. My cousin worked at a liquor store and he came home and was like, I got you a surprise. And it was just like, what do you mean? He's like, pulled out of the bag and ever since then it was just love at first sight i mean now i can't drink blantons because it just doesn't have the pro profile for me but that first bottle that was just like well, it's,
0: it's an impressive bottle because it looks cool it's very unique mm-hmm. a lot of people have heard about the story with the tops and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff about like one of the very first motion pictures ever of the Kentucky Derby is, is like what the horses do in the race and all right. that kind of stuff. So it's like – it's a unique thing that I think a lot of people have heard about, which makes it more sought after than it probably really needs to be. Agreed. You know, but it's still – if you want to impress someone and get them a nice bottle, it's a great gift. It, because it, it, most people can't get it and they've heard about it, so they want to have it. There's no better piece of glass
1: in my opinion that is – in the spirits world. And it's got multiple layers to it. You got your topper. So you got... First off, you got a nice topper. I don't care if you collect them or not. Mm-hmm. That's a nice piece of metal on top of that bottle. Got the letter on the topper. You got the dump date. And you just have a nice piece of glass all around. So, Ooh, I mean, yeah. You, the
0: dump date's big, too. Th- yeah. So you,
1: you got a lot And the juice inside is great. It. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not bad. For when I first started on bourbon, that was the epitome of what I thought bourbon should taste like. So that... Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's what kicked it all off for me. Was that first bottle of Blantons, and ever since then, it's like, all right, well, the hunt's and, on. And, and for those that don't know, like each topper, the horse is in a different position
2: from start to finish of the race. Mm-hmm. The jockey and the horse are in a different position, and the letter that comes on the cork next to the horse, they you collect all the letters to spell Blantons,
0: and you used to be able to send it to the distillery. Still can, and, and they would make you like a, a part of a stave from a barrel, and make a they di- mount them to di- 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 <laughs> play, display, di- di- this display piece. They they
2: still do that. Um, I will say, however, from a friend of mine that you know had a story with each bottle of Blantons, and they drank each bottle of Blantons. They sent in their corks. The distillery, in turn, mounted brand new ones on oh, a stave uh. and sent it. Sent it to him, and he was very upset because he knew where each bottle came from. Like you said earlier, each bottle has a story. You know, hey, I I drove in a blizzard in Tennessee, and I got this bottle, and I drove it back. Or, you know, I waited in line and got my first bottle. And then, you know, all the stories that took place while you're drinking them. So he was a little upset about that. I don't know if they continue to only do it that way, or they do mount yours, or whatever. But they will if you send them in mount them on a stave and send you a display piece. Because
0: I know that you can buy that from their gift shop, the actual mounted piece. And mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be a safer bet to, to do that. So that way you could just keep all your toppers and spend the extra money. Because right. you know, like, I know we've talked about it. Like when I, when I finished my bar down here, is I thought about getting the, uh, the, the stave piece itself and then just putting the toppers in them as I finish the bottles. Mm-hmm. So see- it'll just be incomplete for a while and then it'll be completed at a later date. I think that would be cool.
1: That would be very, very cool. Uh, yeah, when you put on each one, you know you'll know that story for that bottle yeah, and why right. that topper's there. So because like I, I
0: like you can relate. It's like my very first allocated bottle was a Blanton's. Again, after having gone to the store for like two or three times a week every week for like over a year, you know, trying to score bottles, I, I had gotten a little bit of a uh, a relationship, a little bit, I guess, with a guy who was working there. He doesn't work there anymore, but at the time they were having a lot of trouble. With you know, the same like three or four people coming in, buying everything up, like paying people to stand in line for them, buying, buying everything that was available so nobody else had a chance to. They were getting really frustrated. So they started just randomly releasing it throughout the day. So you could show up at 2 in the afternoon. There might there might just be randomly a bottle sitting on the counter that you could grab, or they might have one behind the counter if you asked for it. And I remember getting there uh, one day, and uh, I said, hey, you guys getting anything good today? I think it was a release day. And he's like, no, not, no, nothing today, nothing available today. Uh, why don't you uh, try back tomorrow? Oh. So I was like, okay. So I, I came back the next day after going to the gym, and, uh, and he, went, he was like, okay, I think I got something back. Let me go see. And he came out with a, a box of Blantons, which, of course, I thought they all came in boxes. I didn't realize that only <laughs> two of the six in the case came in boxes. Oh, it's three? Three and three. Oh, I thought it, I thought it was two and four. Three, and three, okay.
1: three in the boxes and three in fishnets? Yep. But right. I, did, I didn't
0: realize they all didn't come that way so I thought that was the way they all came because, granted, I didn't fucking know any better. Right. It was the first time I'd ever <laughs> even seen an allocated bottle in the wild. So so he, he came out of the back with that and said, hey, do you want it? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want it. Hell and like, yeah. little did he know is like I had gotten shit canned from my job that same day. So it was like that was like a very special bottle. It was like, like the very first allocated bottle I ever got after I just got shit canned and it was like, Holy shit, I'm going to save this for a very special occasion after, like, I'm thinking like at a five-year anniversary of my new job or something, like, I'll pop that bitch out of just Spite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, take this, you shitheads, for firing right. me, you bastards.
3: Bastards. <laughs> 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 Screw
0: off. Oh, excuse me. I was let go because we were slow from COVID. Yeah, fuck wow. off. You fired me, you shitheads. So. <laughs> you don't have to be politically correct for us, brother. <laughs> nope. None of them listen to this, so what do I care? <laughs> What about you, sir? Do you uh, remember?
2: Yeah. So for, for me, it was a handful of years ago. Um, it was actually with Donnie. Okay. Uh, I had been really big into rum, still very, very much into rum and love rum. Uh, more of your 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 sipping type rums, not your mixers, stuff like that. Not your clear rums, stuff that's been aged for 12, 18, even 25 years that I find are fantastic. They're, they're more whiskey-esque rums. But anyways, it was um, with Donnie. He had a bottle of Eagle Rare. Okay. And it was my first love. It was love at first sight. I I loved the the look of the bottle. It's got a giant eagle on it. It's ten years old. <clears throat> but he pours pours it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" He goes, "I ah, don't worry about it." He goes, "Just sip on it." He goes, it, it, "It'll change. It'll it'll change you." <laughs> and uh, took a sip, and it was like. You know, a light bulb went off, and it's like, whoa, this is, like, really good. What it's is like this? It's like heaven was speaking yeah. to you. It was. And and it was – um, we were in the shop in his pro show because he drills bowling balls
0: for a living. And, um, so well, he's a, he's a professional bowler. He's a professional bowler. He, he, he drills bowling balls because he's really fucking good at it. And that's, yes. That's kind of what pays the bills when he's not on tour. Right, because he is
2: out <laughs> there on tour on the PBA 50 tour. Um, he actually leaves tomorrow because he's Canadian, he's going back um, for the Canadian team trials for Team Canada, whereas last year he was on the senior Team Canada um, team and won a bunch of medals um, in the Pan Am games. But he's going back for the trials again this year, and he leaves Monday. But anyways, like, it it just was like love at first taste. Like, it just sipped on it, and it was just – it hit every – it hit all the notes. It just hit everything – that I that I enjoyed and I was like man what is this and then started looking at the bottle start reading like wow this is whiskey like I was always like white beam you know white label Jim Beam Jack Daniels you know old number seven it's stuff you mix in coke and you know you did shots of it when you were in college and whatnot and you're like you know but this was just like wow it can be that good so then I started like researching it I was like, man, I got to try and get a bottle of this. Was able to score my first bottle of Eagle Rare without waiting in line. Like, was able to go to a store and they had some sitting on a shelf. Um, granted, you know, this was, you know, like five years ago. Yes, yeah,
0: back in the day. Because <laughs> <I can laughs> this remember, was pre-COVID. Well, I can remember people talking, like friends of mine who are into whiskey who've been into it for over a decade, where that they could go to a store and you'd see four cases of Eagle Rare and be on sale because they're trying yeah. to get rid of it. Yeah. And nowadays, like it's allocated only. It's going to go in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it doesn't last. The word is out. Like the word is out. Like, and people
2: just, whatever they put on allocation or what the, whatever they put on the list. Like we've seen shelfers get put on that allocation list and it flies off the shelf in 10 minutes. Something that should be sitting on the shelf for $23 is no longer sitting on the shelf. It's being bought up, you know, with the line that's waiting for, for allocation. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, they're drinking it or whatever, I mean, I think that some of those, they'd be, you know, really disappointed when they crack them open and it's <laughs> like, hey, uh, I bought this for, you know, $33 when I could have bought, you know, Edmund Williams, 100, you know, 100-proof bottled and bond for 17 and it blows it out of the water. Yeah,
0: but chances <laughs> are they don't have enough experience to know the difference. Like, and I've, right. I've realized that until we started doing Whiskey Nights... Where we could try stuff next to each other, side by side, yes. back mm-hmm. to back. Like, that's where you start to get a taste for bourbon. That's, mm-hmm. cause like before, for me, it was like, okay, I liked it or I didn't like it. Like, that was all she wrote. But now you can start to like actually taste a little bit of the differences and those kind of things. And my, my palate's not nearly like as, as, uh, crazy as yours is, Josh, you know, but it's like, still though, it's like, that's where you start to see you the can differences. Start to like, taste oh, wow. little like, nuances. Yeah, like, this, hey, this is much better. And this like, is you, why. you
2: you fell in love with with the shanks that you really like, uh, the old foresters that you know. We got you, you know, before when we would hold whiskey nights or even high proof night or something. We got you to try like Stag Juniors, try you know a really high proof bourbon that was over a hundred proof. It was really hot for you. It was, you know, it. it I it, wasn't even enjoying them. They were just yeah, hot. They were just gasoline. Yeah. It, it, your body thought it was like poison. You know, my face is turning red. I'm my my chest is burning. I'm I'm done. Like I don't enjoy this. Yeah. Then we started to to introduce you into other distilleries, and I, I think that is so amazing. And Tyler and I have talked about it a hundred times. Like we love that you like Old Forester, those single barrel barrel strengths. Because they're absolutely fantastic.
0: They're great.
2: They're great. And then you even, like when we were in Kentucky, scored a barrel-strength rye. A single-barrel-strength rye, which is a rare bottle from Old Forester. It's hard to get. And... We cracked it when we were sitting on the porch at the Airbnb. Of course, the adorable. Still
1: remember your reaction from that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I don't. You have to remind me. But
0: it, it was it was adorable because I think we were driving back to our Airbnb and we were talking to one of our other friends who's in a bourbon. Is like, oh hey, I'd love to get my hands on one of those. And it's like, sorry, bro, it's already open. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like it's already this, open. This isn't for selling. This is for drinking.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> and you know, you cr- we cracked it that night that we got it, and we were just like thrown back by not only your reaction to how great excuse me the juice was but the the experience of a high
0: proof more flavorful whiskey and uh, yeah I, I tend to like brown form and stuff whatever whatever they're doing i'm i'm liking it that's what got me hooked on the uh early times bottled in mine because mm-hmm. it was it was their jam and now Sazerac ruined it and so, what was it? Well, you, you scored me some of the old bottles, so I'm set for a while. Yep, yep. <laughs> I
2: actually still have two in my cabinet that I haven't opened because I, 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 I'm I afraid to. I don't mind the new one. I love the new one. And I don't know if that there's that big of a difference. I'm sure it's not. Because they didn't have enough time be- to follow the bond and bond rules, you know, four years. Whenever Sazerac purchased the company, they still had to use the old stock. So, there's a lot of, like, conspiracy theory and... and Some data there to try and show that it's the same, but a lot of people do their comparisons. They're like, "Oh, this is hot trash, hot garbage, or whatever you know you see on the whiskey tubers and whatnot." But is it really? We don't know. I
0: doubt it. But still, I think I've got like three or four liters sitting around here. The (laughs) old stuff. (laughs) Maybe that should keep me busy for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Especially when I don't hardly drink at all unless we get together. And, And I thought,
2: like, and so. My good friend Brantley that lives in Pennsylvania is big into this um, game as well. Early on in this, it was an extreme unicorn for him and I to find one of those bottles. Early times was so hard to find, it was nowhere. It was nowhere in his tri-state area of Pennsylvania, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and Delaware, like all that area there, could not find it anywhere. I couldn't find it in Ohio, West Virginia, in Kentucky, it was nowhere to be found. And then when we found our first bottle, it was like, "Oh my gosh, I got one! Holy cow!" You know, and we paid thirty bucks actually, and it's normally like twenty, so not you know not that much of a you know increase in price. But we were so stoked and to find our first bottle of Early Times.
1: It's good juice.
2: It really it's, is. It really is. There, there's a
0: reason why it juice. had such a cult following. That Sazerac bought it. There's a reason for that.
1: Right, right. Because it's fucking great. They're not idiots. They're not invested in stupid shit. Let's put it that way. (laughs) They are good at marketing. That is for damn sure. (laughs) Now, Josh, I want to disappoint you. There's no pictures in that little book over there, so Matt may have to read you. Oh, well, shit. I didn't read it very clearly. (laughs) There's a picture of Parker Bean. (laughs) 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 So, Tyler, um, tell us a little bit about this bottle. Yeah, so I just popped the Parker's, what is it, double barrel blend bourbon whiskey so the newest edition of parker's for what 2022 right 2022
2: yeah. i think this is the 16th edition yes this um, was
1: my unicorn of the year this absolutely. was my unicorn of 2022 and where'd you score that at this was from uh, our one of our good friends um trading about a stable full of ponies away um it we had to go to the secondary market for this one but i was all right with that because there was no chance i'm going to see this bottle in ohio so I get, ended up getting some trade off of it, but I'm glad to pop it with you, gentlemen. So that's what it was all for.
2: And, and just a great story, like history of, of Parker's. Um, Parker Beam was the master distiller at Heaven Hill, and then he later fell um, ill to ALS. So every bottle sold, there's a portion that they... They give from every bottle that's sold to ALS Foundation to his foundation to
0: for ALS research, which is really cool. But Parker's is a Heaven Hill product, is it not? It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Even though it's a Beam distiller, <laughs> it's a Heaven Hill product, right? Because he
2: was the ma- that he was a master distiller at Heaven Hill. So basically, it, haven't
0: the beams worked in like all the main distillers? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Beams so like are the, we,
2: we we learned a little bit about that history. Like when It's we kind of we like the crazy <laughs> with jujitsu? Yes. Um, so. Way back when when all of the, um, the Irish immigrated to the U.S., the Scottish, and that they brought their distilling knowledge to the United States, um, people started making what we know as bourbon here in the U.S., and Jim Beam and all of his um, siblings uh, and uh, kids and everything, it, the, that family controlled all of the yeast— for all those other distilleries. The other distilleries would come to the Beams to get the yeast for their product. So, realistically, the Beams had a monopoly. Okay. They, they controlled one product that's essential to whiskey making. And you had to go through them to get it. So, And then that's kind of how every distillery has some kind of Beam connection. Like, Stephen Beam is the master distiller down at Yellowstone. Parker Beam was a master distiller at Heaven Hill. You have the beams at obviously Jim Beam. There's there's beams everywhere within the whiskey making process.
0: There's a lot a lot of history. At least in Kentucky. Yeah. Obviously now all these new pop ups and startups and all this kind of craziness that's been going around the last, what, five, six years realistically? All the craft. Yeah. yeah. It's like not a lot of history there, which is which is fine because it's gonna push everything out but then the real question becomes is like after the boom kind of dies down a little bit and the craze is kind of over i wonder how many of them are going to stick around because i'm sure a lot of them will go out of business
1: well and i think it's it we'll see it just i think we'll see it faster and is the craft beer world there's a lot of craft beer distilleries out there that are trying to turn and burn products just like with whiskey and i think we'll start to see them fade away just like we'll start to see within the next five years some of those bigger some of the <coughs> bigger crafts start to fade away because people are going to want to go just to the standard. I mean, I can, standard.
0: I can see that for what you're going to see in stores. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of what helps local communities because, like, not a lot of people like whiskey. like But right. almost everybody seems to like beer for whatever damn reason. Like, to me, they're very similar, you know. But it is it is what it is. But it's like, how many places do you go to that has, like, a little brewery in town it's not that like they have got a bunch of distilleries in town right but it's like all these little places are like it's kind of like the cool hit place to go where you you kind of go and you hang out and it's more like cool. a public house and you walk up to the bar if you want a beer there's not wait staff or anything which is, it's kind of like a cool little experience mm-hmm. so it's like I could see a lot of those sticking around maybe not distributing so much but at least be still local because it's kind of like the cool spot to go hang out
1: and I can see that I can also see them starting to fade away as well i mean because it's a lot of upkeep i mean you figure if you're going to have to brew beer you got to make something good yeah to have people come in so you can't just have shit on your list so i i see their give and take there but i think more with the bourbon world distillers are going to start to fall off because people aren't going to be buying that product people aren't going to be worth spending a hundred dollars on a chance on a bourbon when they know they can go get something on the shelf that is a guaranteed good seller yeah That they'll just go pick up and drink because, like,
0: I know I've heard things about like High West specifically. I think they're out in Colorado, Utah, Utah, Mm -hmm. and fantastic juice. But Mm -hmm. I think that in the beginning they sourced everything from MGP. Yes, Mm -hmm. whereas now they're trying to put out their own expressions Mm -hmm. because they've had time to age. I think a lot of people. Don't like it as much as they used to like the MGP juice. You're absolutely MGP right. Is really damn good at what they do, and chances are, if you're drinking a sourced whiskey, it's probably from MGP. And and for a lot of people that don't know
2: that may be listening, um, MGP, well, which is now Ross and Squibb, but they got bought out. Well, no, they just changed their name. Oh, yeah. so <clears throat> they house thousands of acres of rick houses in indiana just across the border from louisville um in lawrenceburg uh, indiana but they source pretty much everybody everything is sourced through them yellowstone is sourced through them remus um is is their brand um High West, Smoke Wagon, some of these craft distiller, a lot of those big name craft distilleries that people love are sourced from MGP. Yeah, I think a lot
0: of people would be shocked to find out that they all come from MGP. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Bardstown, Bartstown Bourbon Company, they source from Dickel, which is a Tennessee whiskey, but they source from MGP. They have their own distillate and they do blends like for their Disco series. They um, that people love. Um, just a, there's a Michter's is, is another one that's sourced from MGP. Um, they, they have different es- expressions that are sourced. Uh, just if you're not one of the, the main big distillers, like an Old Forester, a Woodford, Buffalo Trace, um, Four Roses, um, or a Jim Beam, you, you Chances are you're, you're, you're drinking sourced whiskey. Yeah. Not a bad thing. No. no. Because it's fantastic there's, juice. there's a reason why everybody buys it. Yeah. It's fucking delicious. And exactly. Bullet. <laughs> Bullet's a, a great example of that. People love Bullet. And they love not only regular Bullet, but they love the Bullet rye, which is a high, high rye, which is 95% rye. I think it's 5% malted barley, maybe. Um, which is MGP's known to have the best rye. They're known... That that 95% rye mash bill is the best on the market. And uh, people love bullet rye. And it's MGP sourced. They're doing
1: something right. Yeah, they're doing something right because everybody keeps buying from them. Absolutely. And I, I'm
2: pretty sure people like that, like, like Blade & Bow. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that's sourced as well from MGP. Yeah, it's at the, the stories, the Stitzel Weller Distillery but it was you know very defun- it was a defunct distillery for a long time and now they're trying to revive it but in order to revive it you have to bring in sourced whiskey because you can't like you said whiskey has to age. Yeah, it needs time. Yeah, can't speed up father time.
0: Well, that's the reason why a lot of people get into like vodkas and tequilas cuz they can just pump that shit out yeah, right away. Yeah, vodkas and gins. Yeah, without having to age it, but with bourbon it's like you can taste the youngness. Oh. Oh, yeah. Like maybe somebody new just thinks everything burns because, like, there's, there's been a couple of twats at the gym who are like, oh, whiskey tastes the same. It all just burns. I'm like, bitch, you just haven't had good stuff yet because <laughs> yeah. there, there's some really good shit out there. It may not be for you. I mean, you may like something that somebody else doesn't. Whatever. Everybody's taste buds are different. But, but damn, there's some good shit out mm-hmm. there. Like, right. don't, don't say it all tastes the same because it doesn't. Well,
2: look at, the, you know, what the Russells are doing over at Wild Turkey. Like, they're making fantastic juice and they have their own line. Russell's because a lot of people view wild turkey like wild turkey 101 you know college days because it's a cheap fix for you in in college Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people like whiskey you know coming out of college or, or even in college because of your bad experiences with whether it's wild turkey 101 fireball you know what have you but Look what the Russells are doing. They have their own line, and they really brought Wild Turkey back to the forefront to be a big competitor with the other distillers. You sure that wasn't Matthew McConaughey?
0: <clears throat> no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't just Long Branch, but,
3: you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did save the world on a rocket ship. I mean, what? do you fear he could save uh, Wild interstellar, Turkey?
3: Interstellar, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all a right, first stretch. Right, right, yeah. right. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, goodness. Well, well, Tyler, by the way,
1: this – it's got a great smell to it. I haven't even smelled it. I've just been so amazed by staring at the bottle and staring wow. at it in the, like, <laughs> in the glass that i am just been like, all right. I
2: was really, really impressed with the Bomb Burgers. Absolutely fantastic. Bomb I burgers. was really impressed with that bottle.
1: Delicious. My God. Very, very, very good. Brown sugar bomb, man. It was, it It. It, it reminds me of the Shanks. It, I, well, at first, that's why I did a double check of the bottle.
2: I'm like, yes. what are, am I drinking? I, I, I really thought it was the Shanks, a higher proof because the shanks is like a 100 101 proof this is 108 proof actually i think shanks is a little bit less than 100 but the the bombs is man delicious really really good um but man the nose on this parker's is out of this world thanks
3: goodness thank you
1: i I swear parker's doesn't do a bad job with anything i mean we've had what four expressions? i've had at least i could say i've had four expressions i've had the orange carousel i've had your bourbon it's a 10-year heavy char um barrel proof bourbon i've had the wheat well i have the wheat and then now
2: we've had this one and yeah this will be my fourth one because i i had mine and like you said the orange carousel that we tried on the tour at heaven hill um your 11-year wheat and then this new one and then um Like you, with the the 11-year wheat and my 10-year heavy char bourbon, we won those in in the Total Wine Lotteries. And we had to drive to Louisville, Kentucky to get it,
1: but it was worth it. Shout out to Total Wine. Absolutely. (laughs) Goodness. All right. Well, let's see what this is all about.
3: Holy smokes.
1: <laughs> she lets you know she's there, that's for sure. See, I don't get that. She, I got the little burn all mm-hmm. the way down, but...
2: Mm. I got that little bit of spice at the front. It kind of tickled your nose, but then it was all oak, f- sweet oak flavor. A little fruity on the finish.
1: Mm-hmm. That That is fantastic. That's damn good pour. Only on 132.
2: For 132, that drinks, to me, on that sip, I haven't gone back for a second sip yet. But on the first sip,
1: it it drank like a, a 110. I'd say this drink a lot smoother than that Four Roses you have over there. I, I don't. Maybe it was just me, and maybe it was just the day. But the hug on that four roses, holy smokes! I could have won out in the Arctic temperatures we had <laughs> with no shirt on and been just fine. So more. <laughs> <Nice and warm. laughs> um It wasn't that cold. It was like
0: what eight degrees with a negative what twenty two with windshield. Yeah, yeah. but who's counting? There
2: you go. It was fine. But man, that's a lot of sweet oak there. They they knocked that one out of park. That's a lot of flavor. Mm. That's a lot of flavor. I could sit there and enjoy that. With a really nice cigar, oh, mm-hmm. you know, too bad we live in a, in a cold weather state because it would be nice to sit out back, enjoy something that's really hot, you know, like this at 132 proof
0: with a cigar, and not be sweating. Right, <laughs> right you know, in, the, in well, the middle of summer, be sweating. Well, you have to realize it's like, what do you, what do you give up, right? Because like I've got family down in Texas, and. Their summers are so goddamn high. Oh, yeah. You can't do anything. You're just inside because it's just miserable outside. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to get stuff done early in the morning because anything in the evening, like everything holds temperature because it's just baking in the sun all afternoon. So it's like, it's just, if you don't get it done first thing in the morning, it doesn't, it doesn't get done outside. You're inside. It, mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. Like, whereas, like, and they always bitched about being cold. It's like, yeah, but if it's cold, I can put, you know, jackets on and go outside and still work. I may have to come inside and warm up a little bit, but right. I can at least get outside and get stuff done most of the time it's not the the world right for sure for sure. you're absolutely right about that it's the
2: same like like if you move to the southern part of the
0: u.s yeah so it's like no matter where you're at it's like you're still going to have you know parts of the the year where there's there's not a whole lot you can do about it like here it's like we're trying to get outside in the summertime but honestly once it gets stupid hot like i don't want to be outside like i don't i don't don't like being hot right you know
2: i could see like you know with this being a great fall
0: Bourbon. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not fair though. It falls like the best time of year for it everything. It really is because well, because <laughs> it's
2: you can still enjoy outside. You can sit around a campfire, smoke a cigar, yeah. enjoy a nice, beautiful bourbon. Like, like in the like spring, this. everything's
0: always so wet. It's raining all the time. You can't do yeah. anything outside because it's always muddy and nasty. nasty. Well, then you got to
1: worry about if it's it going to snow again in the spring because yeah, you that's never it. Well, yeah. you have that battle with Mother Nature, but.
0: And Thank you, global warming. Yeah, right. I was going to say, in the <laughs>
1: fall, you, you never know if you're going to get one. This, thankfully, this year, we did get a decent fall. It was, it was nice, nice yeah. but, I mean, there's been years It was, was kind of short. It was short, but... Not as short, as short as last year. Yeah, I was going to say something. Last year was, was like two a, days of fall. You oh, blinked yeah, and it's it was over. Like hot, 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 hot,
0: nice, cold. Fuck. <laughs> yes. <Yeah.
1: laughs> so, this
2: year, was, it, we had more of a fall, but we didn't have the tree colors. The tree colors was, was
1: very short this year felt like it was a week a week yes. where it was like oh my gosh look at that beautiful tree out there and then there. it was and gone <laughs> <laughs> it's like goodbye <laughs> we still had the fall weather mm-hmm. but the leaves like changed you had a week of beautifulness and then it was they dropped i did see i i don't know i'm not no you know scientist over here but they said because the temperatures were so hot consistently that's why the t- they stayed leaves. green longer. They, yeah. they didn't change oh, and have the yeah, fluctuation. Yeah,
0: because you make it cold for them to change. needed some frost. Because mm-hmm. it was, I actually felt bad because like family from Texas, they they flew up. I think it was two years ago now because they wanted to see the, the leaves change and everything. And we planned it around. Like, them being up, like, re- usually, like, right in the middle of October. It was, like, the prime time. And they came up, and everything was still fucking green. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? You didn't make the trees change for them? They, they <laughs> were so bummed. <laughs> it was, like, after they left, like, a week. Yeah. They got nice, and they were gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like they, they missed it by a week or two or whatever it was. It was like, eh, that's just kind of how it goes here in Ohio. You know, fall is the best time of year, but usually it's the shortest season as well. So right. the spring seems to last forever because – You're excited because it starts to get warm. You can kind of go back outside, but you can't really do anything outside. You can't play golf. It's too wet. You can't play disc golf. It's too wet. You can't, you know, mow your grass and do that kind of stuff because you're sinking in as you're trying to mow. (laughs) At least I do in my backyard because it doesn't drain well, you know, so I, I never really look forward to spring. But it is what it is. What can you do? Well, I guess the appropriate question to go next is it's a new year new you and all that kind of bullshit do, do you guys uh, new you <laughs> do you guys have any uh new year's resolutions or do you guys do those kind of things or uh, what's what's your theory on all that
1: I, you know i, I think a uh, resolution you should just start it and just start it when you're ready to go don't we'll make it a new year thing um my thing this year i want to take more pictures i i always say that every year that i want to take more pictures of stuff to have like memories of but i always fuck that up and never have pictures i tend to
0: have a rule like when i'm around friends and i'm doing things put my phone away
1: see i'm the same
0: way present because i've got friends who are addicted to their phones Mm -hmm. and i'll have to tell them hey shithead put your fucking phone away like i'm sitting right here i haven't seen you in a month talk to me you know so i I, i'm really bad about getting my phone out to take pictures. like i felt bad because like i don't even think i have like one picture of the munchkin from when she was home for Christmas for like Mm -hmm. a week. And it's like, shit, like, I should have at least had a couple of pictures of us going to do stuff or a jujitsu or whatever, but I I got nothing. And it's like, I was just so busy, like, Wanting to be with her and spending time, you know, it's, I didn't think about really taking pictures until well, now it's fucking too late. Yeah, right, I'm so, the same way.
1: I, I mean, when we were raised, it was like if you're at the dinner table, you're doing something important with people, you don't have your phone out. Right. That was that's yeah. like that should, a no a no. that should be a
0: rule. That should be a rule for dinner table. And,
1: and that was how we were always were. So I, that's why I think my struggle is with pictures. Is by the time it's like, oh, you should have took a picture of that. We're three hours past that moment, yeah. and I'm like, oh well, shit. Here we are too. So, but. I guess that's what we're Yeah, we call because it there's,
0: recently. there's, I'm uh, thinking back now, there's like a couple of, like, I wish we'd have gotten pictures, like, when I spent some time with Caitlin and we went to a jazz bar, you know, and, like, we went bowling with you guys, like, we should have all taken a picture then, you know, like, jujitsu, I should take a picture with her at jujitsu, like, we should have done all these little things, like, pictures were like, with maybe family at Christmas, whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's like, is is that really matter? I don't know. But I mean, just like, the activities and stuff that we did, it's like, oh, just have this, like, freeze frame, this moment in time, you know, but, You know, didn't do any of that shit. Damn it, I'm so bad about this stuff.
1: I I hear you. And and where it smacks me in the face is for Christmas every year. I get my mom a calendar. I make her of the pictures of the Mm -hmm. previous year. Well, this year, it was like a fucking struggle to find pictures because I didn't take any. Yeah, because I had five pictures. And I'm like, well, everybody has to send me pictures or we're not making a calendar because I got five months for us. So... (laughs) So that's that's the nec- why. The, the next couple months will be kitties and puppies. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be just picture, different pictures of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: about you Josh? Any uh, New Year's uh, resolutions? I
2: think for me is that um <clears throat> not so much a resolution but more of a goal. Um, I have one debt that I would like to take care of by the end of the year. That's what I'm putting all my focus into. Um and then the secondary goal is to to finish my uh, my hangout spot in, around my bar in the basement. Okay. So more of just a of a goal, not so much as a
0: resolution. Just things you like to get accomplished this year. Things
2: that I would like to get accomplished and feel you know accomplished once I achieve it. Okay. Not so much like hey you know you get into the whole like mainstream media and like, oh, set these new year's resolutions and everything and they're very unobtainable.
0: Well, uh, here's here's the thing I have about that. Like, I I feel like you feel, Tyler. It's like I've always thought that if I need to make a change in my life, then I need to make a change in my life. I don't need to wait till January 1st exactly. of whatever year to make that change. Absolutely. And I've always kind of thought about that. So years ago, I made a new year's resolution to never make new year's resolutions. Huh. Well, you've like, been going
1: strong, my man. I'm, I'm, I've, I've
0: been fucking doing great. <laughs> You know, but it's, it's interesting because I've always said, again, if I need to change something in my life, I need to change it. If that's beginning in December, I need to fucking change it in December. Like, let's go. Like, don't need to wait a month. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Right. But then there's the other part that I've been kind of listening to a lot of podcasts and people talking recently where they're saying, no, it's it's actually really important to sit down at the end of the year. Review what you've done, review what you haven't done, make goals and game plans and strategize for things that you want to do in the previous or the upcoming year and those kind of things. It's like, shit, like am I shooting myself in the foot by not taking by not taking this time to reflect on, okay, what did I do poorly this year? What do I need to do better this year? What do I need to focus on? Are there projects around the house I need to get done, like my basement, that I need to make a priority? Instead of buying some whiskey, maybe I need to, okay, save up for a few months and put it more towards drywall and those kind of things. You know, the, those are things that I've it, been doing personally, mm-hmm. but again, I'm not waiting until January to do it because I've realized... Oh, this, and, f- and, and we talked
2: about this too, like, whiskey's like on, like, it's over here. Yeah. Where, me for me personally, like, it's those goals that of. Saving up, like do projects around the house, because it I want to have that, you know, making those a priority. That's that's my New Year's resolution. Yeah.
0: So I just I just wonder, like me personally, if I've been shooting myself in the foot by not taking that time this time of year to to more focus on what I should be doing. For this year. I don't know.
1: I don't think so, because I think you it you shouldn't need a time of the year to reflect. I reflect every day about the previous day or what I did the pre during just the previous hour. It's like I'm I find, always I reflecting.
0: My, I find myself just going through the motions a lot of times. And, and I'm like, the same way. And you realize it's m it's been a month and shit, i have not gotten that one stupid thing done that I told myself I was gonna do and I, I don't know. I Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, know. Got,
2: I got some unfinished projects around the house that I would like to complete. Um so more so, like, that's going to be my focus is to complete those projects before we move on to the next. Yeah. Buying bottles of booze is always going to be there. Whiskey isn't going anywhere. They're always going to make it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going anywhere. And they're so, making
0: more and more and more of it every day. <laughs> exactly.
3: So
2: you had, we had to come to the realization, like, you know, it's okay if you miss out on something. Like you said earlier, the fo- the FOMO for me has worn off. Mm-hmm. Um, if I get it, I get it. If not.
0: It'll be there again I mean hey it's like I mean a couple weeks ago when uh the e h Taylor single barrels were going around it was like I'm gonna go take a shot at that because I love e h Taylor that's my favorite right. bourbon. so it's like if I can score a single barrel like let's light it up let's and luckily I got one yeah you know so like that was cool and it was great but like that was the first bottle I bought in months mm-hmm. you know because again I've been saving up for a freaking drywall down here right <laughs> because like I've got this thing like half started got the demo done and it's like well. Well, actually, not the demo. I got the demo started because I got to tear all the paneling and all the shit off the walls. But it's like I can't really do anything until I can afford to buy drywall and the new lighting and uh, and all the new outlets and all that kind of stuff. So, for me, it's like why continue with demo until we're there? Because at least it's a usual space at the moment, not right. a complete disaster or construction zone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you open, know, a bomb didn't go off in here. Open yeah. studs <laughs> and everything. So, you know, we don't need to go that far right now. But –
1: yeah, it doesn't look like the beginning of an HDTV episode just yet. So <laughs> I, you guys are good.
0: And today we're gonna refinish the basement from nineteen seventy two.
1: So no resolution from you then? No resolution. Year? No goals, no nothing?
3: nothing?
0: I want I wanna get the I wanna get the basement drywalled and in so that I can work on the bar. Uh, That might have to wait a little bit, depending on what we want to do. Because I was going to build a custom bar, and now I'm debating if I want to just put cabinets in and make it more like a kitchenette kind of thing. Okay. So I can utilize it for my needs, but then also it would help for resale, being like a little kitchenette area, so we can make this like a little small apartment kind of thing if they really needed to. There's not really a bathroom down here, but other than that... Um, it might be a better selling thing than me just building like, like a custom bar that I want, that somebody else would come down like fuck and I gotta rip all this shit out and do something else. Whereas cabinets, I think are very neutral. Personal. Yeah, yeah. Where you could use it for like a kid's playroom, where you could mm-hmm. have it like be so again like a little in-law suite if you really needed it to or whatever. So you could kind of just kind of make it what you needed to in the space, but it would work well for what I need. So I gotta I gotta sit down and talk to my guy and see what he thinks is gonna be the best route. Because at first we were talking about just building custom cabinets, but I don't know if that's really going to be the best uh, thing to go now, so we shall see. Are you milking a cow over there? What are you doing?
2: (laughs) What about your hot rod?
0: Oh, that one? Yeah, I got to decide if I'm going to sell it or if I can find somebody to hopefully finish it. I've been in talks with a, a shop down in Columbus who said they might be willing to help me out with it, so... At least that might be an option because I've not heard anything from my, my builder.
2: So, um, <clears throat> If you need help in that area, I know some people that, that build and rebuild.
0: Okay. Because I definitely want to start talking to people because I need to find parts. Okay. Because if we don't find parts, I can't do anything. Right. Mm. But until I can find parts or somebody willing to work with the parts, I'm dead in the water. So, yeah. So, that's been just a frustrating thing for me. But basically, I've kind of come up to the conclusion if I don't get a – um an actual game plan by spring i think i'm gonna have to sell it it mm-hmm. hurts but it is what it is i can't finish it so mm-hmm. somebody else might as well enjoy it because it's a great car it <laughs> shouldn't, right. shouldn't be sitting in my garage for another four years right so
2: <laughs> i had the same issue i gave myself last last year <clears throat> january 1st five years to finish mine i have a 92 camaro it's not not in the works to or at least in a shop getting worked on within 5 years just it well
0: no, i understand that but all right anything else in your boy was minds we're about to open a four roses <laughs>
2: I'm interested to see what you think about this one. Let's pause for a cork
0: bottle. Ooh. Not bad.
2: That was a good one. That's a hefty cork. Yeah, those, those things big old are cap. massive.
1: Yeah, <laughs> This is like a pirate rum bottle. If that cork <laughs> breaks off in your bottle, you better drink it quick, because that thing's going to contaminate the crap out of it. <laughs> initially on the nose, like, of this bottle. Very good.
0: What are you drinking over there, Matt? I didn't see what you pour. The bomb burgers.
3: What do you? you think of that? Yeah, it's what good. do you think?
0: My pal can't really handle it right now, <laughs> but I've not been drinking a lot of booze. So I'm not I'm in a whiskey shape right now. I drink a lot more beer.
2: Well, it is Christmas ale season, so... That it is. <clears throat> Those Christmas ale the other night when we were all bowling. Oh, boy.
1: Man, they went down easy. <laughs> went down easy, and it was a hell of a next morning. <laughs> <laughs> I felt no pain that night. <laughs> no pain until the next morning when I woke up and thought, oh, i got to sit in front of students for a couple of hours. So that was a <laughs> real treat, but it was all good. Yeah. It was all worth the time.
2: <laughs> Give this little... Uh,
0: S J, little swirl job in the glass. <laughs> swirl job. <out. laughs> Interesting face you're making there.
2: It um uh, initially on the nose is very earthy.
1: Yeah, you can really taste the twenty year in that one. I at least I think. At least when I was going through that, I could pick twenty year out of it because you could taste the oak from that barrel i mean it was prevalent
2: pretty earthy on the nose Mm -hmm.
1: i want the guy's job or the gal's job whoever gets to write on the bottles with the nice pretty marker i I will gladly sign up for that so if anybody's looking for a marker writer (laughs) here i am yeah i'm sure they're
0: (laughs) hiring so just put in applications (laughs) You better handwrite that bitch though, yeah, so, they but... can, so they can see the work. <laughs>
2: now that's going to take practice, practice. It's very soft. It's very soft. But very oaky.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was very, very oaky. Um, Not like sweet oak, but more of like charred oak. Mm-hmm. Um, very delicious. I, I'm not disappointed at all that I bought that bottle. It's very, very good.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. Like I told you, it's a good bottle. I just it's very $176 unique. 176 dollars is just a lot for any bourbon for me or any whiskey. But and knowing knowing now, because I've never tried one
2: and had the opportunity to purchase one at retail in the wild, like you know, we've been in this game long enough to like you don't pass up the opportunity. Exactly. Um there there's cheaper and better bourbons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's cheaper and better limited editions. um, But not disappointed
1: whatsoever. Really glad I have it. Will I drink the rest of it? Yes. <laughs> I was going to um, say, if you don't drink the rest of it, I have somebody that will. I know a guy <laughs> Sitting at the table here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a guy um, who's got a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually think that this bottle might... We go into
2: that theory of bottles opening up I, I, and getting better. You're right on. Um. I think there's a lot of science and a lot of data that points to the neck pores that they talk about. Um, they're kind of off putting or they don't have something. Um, and I think that this is the case of one of those bottles. Some bottles are great from start to finish. Like I think that that bomb burgers is one of those. This old Forrester King ranch is one of those. The parkers are a great example of something that's great from the cork pop to the last drop. Yeah. Um, whereas <clears throat> when we had that one blind tasting where we we did uh double oaked bourbons we immediately said that this is number 1 hands down you know and then worked through the rest of the list and it turned out to be the one that i thought and we thought that we had tried previously was not very good right and it ended up being number 1 and it was the peerless double oaked that bottle really really opened up and became dessert
1: like i agree Cause it, I, the first time we tried it i, I mean it, it wasn't a drain pour by no means i it was still a good bourbon but i would not go back to that bottle with from my first pour i'd be like, absolutely yeah, that's that that's, stays where it stays that's gonna stay on the bottom
2: shelf of my cabinet it's gonna hide in the back right and be forgotten about exactly and it was it was it was forgotten about until we did that blind together where we had, you know, the Peerless Double Oaked was in there, Woodford Double Oaked, nineteen ten, Old Forster 1910, which is a Double Oaked bourbon. Uh, and then we had two finished bourbons. Uh, it was the Yellowstone Limited Edition um, 2021. And actually, I think that was it.
1: It was this This for. No,
2: um, we did the Elijah Craig toasted, toasted Barrel. So we had those five bourbons in a blind tasting uh my wife and her best friend they poured it for the three of us you know degenerates and uh <laughs> we had the you know a, a great um time analyzing the 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 five bourbons and then like to your point you know much earlier was that's where we tasted like different nuances yeah of the different liquids each one's from a different distillery each one's different different price points different finishes different toastiness whatever and you could taste the differences. And, you know, unanimous, unanimous – I can't say that word. <laughs> Too much whiskey already. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we put the Peerless, which we found out later, you know, at the end of the the blind tasting, was number one, followed, you know, in second by the 1910 Old Forster, But that Peerless hit on a different level. Yeah, it really did. And – I think that this Four Roses, to that point, is going to be one of those bottles. It's it's fantastic. It's very good. I think it needs time. I mean, need, it needs time to have some oxidation. Some oxygen needs to get into that bottle and sit there for a little bit. And as
0: they say, open it up a little bit.
2: Open up. Yes. Yep. Open it up a little bit, and it's going to be really good.
0: So I know that's how the Old Forester 1910 was for me. When I first got op- got that bad boy open. I just I didn't care for it. And then after a few months of it being open. I was like okay this is really good now.
1: Yeah something about that oxygen that just gets into that bottle. And it sits there. And it just, just whatever combination it does yeah. with that juice. It does something to it. Because I've had. I mean even last year's bookers. The 2021's that nobody's really crazy about. I went back through on Christmas Eve. Or Christmas Day. And I had two of. I, I think it was Tagalong and. Um. Oh, the first batch is Donahue. Donahue went back, tried those two side by side. Two different animals now, and I mean, it's been a while since I've opened mine. I only have probably that much in both bottles left, but it is incredible how much those have opened up from just the last time I've tried and, them. And, it's, and
2: like when we, when you sent me the samples of the, you know, the all the different batches, um, I really felt that the Donahue batch, batch one, was the best out of the four.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, tag along was very good. But then three and four, uh, what was it? No Strangers. No and Strangers
1: and uh, was it Bardstown batch? Bargetown batch. Yeah. So that was number three. Then No
2: Strangers was number four. I felt there was no difference between the two. Very similar. Very, very similar. Not um, enough uniqueness. But, <clears throat> you know, then this year, you know, you're, you know, a Booker's kind of sort, you know, per se. We had kind of passed on, you know, the first two batches. A lot of reviews say that, you know, the Lumberyard batch was very, very good this year. Um, I forget the first batch. Ronnie's? Ronnie's batch? Yeah, Ronnie's batch. Um, But then we got, you know, Kentucky Tea was the third batch that came around. And we had passed on it originally, you know, at, at a store. And then we tried it. I tried it with a friend of mine that picked it up. And I had felt like, man, this Booker's is... Probably one of the best bookers in a really long time. And then I immediately text you, like, hey, <laughs> the next time we see Kentucky tea, we need to pick it up. And we and, sure and shit we, did. And we did. And I tell you what, that that's – and it's a little bit older. It's a seven-year, you know, bookers where most of them are six. Um, so that additional year and the blend of bookers, uh, that Kentucky tea was hmm. – Mm-hmm. Really, really, really good They knocked that one out of the park Um, And then, you know, a lot of people don't like it Or they do like it Uh, Fred Minnick in the bourbon world um, Is revered as one of the best whiskey tasters Rated, I think, Kentucky Tea in his top five Yeah,
1: it was up there It was very high Either top
2: five or or It was definitely in his top ten of his 100 whiskeys this year Mm -hmm. So, for that one to, to rate so high um, I feel pretty good about our palates. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that guy gets paid to, to taste whiskey and is um, given bottles from distilleries and what have you. And has a, um, you know, a wealth of knowledge of, of a lot of things. And
1: for him to rate that, that high
2: and for us to rate it really high
1: is pretty special. Yeah, it really was. And it, it was a damn good pour. I mean, I'm glad you called it out to me because I would have probably passed. Cause I, I felt like I got burnt on the 2021. just right. Cause I bought, all four of them and i have backups to all four so yes that was a not very uh wise decision on my part but <laughs> here but we are we live and learn we live and learn and now we are now that's why i didn't it, buy any of 2022s and i'm kicking myself for not buying a backup of this kentucky tea batch because i'm like shit when this is gone this is gonna be a really hard bottle to replace just like your uh your ham your oh, country ham. i
2: have a country ham batch of uh i think the third batch of 2019 mm, mm, mm. that to me is the best Booker's i've ever tried in my life
3: that's, it that's, hits
2: on every note, and it's well, like you told me that was the Booker's that got you into that
3: bookers. was it.
1: That was the one you had tried ones before and, and after, but that was the one that hooked you on Booker's. That ham, I swear to goodness, if I ever seen it on the shelf, I, I two hundred, I would buy it. That because I mean it's only ninety and, over and, retail, and you know so. what?
2: And you know what? I think I think it. You know, at that price, it's better than this Four Roses Limited Edition twenty twenty two.
1: Knowing what I'm getting into, yes. Now, this is only my first Four Roses ever of this limited edition, so I know there's other batches that could have different tastes and different things, so maybe there's something else And you read a
2: lot of, like, you watch the Whiskey Tubers and whatnot, and a lot of the people that review, you know, the Four Roses that are big on the Four Roses, this isn't their favorite batch, but it is one that they do hunt every year. It's one that's always high on their list, and... I'm extremely thankful that we were able to to score one. Um, but back to the point, I I really do think it's a bottle that has to open up. It's very very good. Can't can't say that it's not. No. But sitting here at the table, it's it's amongst royalty, in in, in my opinion. You know, we got a couple bottles of Parker sitting on the table here. Um, we got an old Forrester King Ranch, which is a Texas exclusive. Um, we have a Bomb Burgers LE limited edition. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's going up against some heavy hitters, is, <laughs> to say the least. So <clears throat> it might not be doing it justice from what we've tried previously before opening this bottle. It would be one we have to revisit, but still very, very good. Mm hmm.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, boyos, we've been here rambling for a little while, so let's wrap this bitch up and then continue to drink and get some snacks down
3: here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh,
0: Josh, do you have any closing thoughts?
2: No. Uh, I think, you know, like my water bottle says, we drink bourbon and pet dogs.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. Sticker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's our emotional support water bottles, our Hydroflow water bottles that we carry with us. My wife, she that's what she calls it, and she stickered hers all up and everything i never put stickers on my water bottle i just kind of carried it but she was um nice enough to find some bourbon related stickers when she was traveling to uh, nashville tennessee and uh, so she got one that says i drink bourbon and pet dogs uh professional bourbon taster and one that says it's a glass that's half empty
1: that says well that's neat <laughs> i like all those i like all yeah. those what about you, Tyler? Any closing thoughts, sir? I don't know. I, I think, just not to sound cheesy, but I, I am thankful for this juice, because without this juice, I wouldn't be sitting with you, fellas. And I, I really appreciate that. Um, I, I think some days it's taken for granted, where <laughs> I think in my head it's like, ah, we're just getting together and just bourbon, drinking bourbon. But it's like, you two really have uh, made an impact on my life, and I appreciate that. And Without this juice, I couldn't say that. Well, so. hopefully, it's
0: been at least somewhat positive.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and well, <laughs> you
0: know, and, yeah. and, and it goes both ways.
2: It's vice versa. You know, like, um, you know, if it wasn't for this, you know, we would have never have met. You know, we can all agree on that. But it's just the little things, like outside of this, that have really like allowed the friendship, like you said, become fast friends. Like we've almost like only known each other for like let's say two years, but realistically, it feels like ten. Yeah, right. Um, you know, you've helped my wife move stuff, you know, with, with your truck. I came over and helped, you know, with your roof. Um, you know, it, it's just things like that that were it's not just about yeah. the whiskey here. Like it's right.
1: it's about our friendship and about everything else. Well, and it's it's I know and what is important to me, it's a text or a phone call to either one of you guys. No matter what time of day, night, whatever the situation may be, I don't even have to second guess, and know y'all will be there for me, and that—that that is the world to me. There is yep. no feeling I, I can't put that into words, hardly, because that means the world to me. So mm-hmm. I'm just thankful for that.
0: Well, I think that's how you can define like your true friends, right? Yeah. Right is like right. ask ask for something and see who delivers, because there's a lot of people who talk a good game or around when they want something from you, but. When you ask of them, they're usually not (laughs) willing willing to help out so much. So, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's usually how that goes. Right. All right. And,
2: you know, same thing like when we had that uh, where we came down and we shot guns. Yeah. We shot the clays, clay pigeons and birds and had a blast.
0: Yeah. Something we do every year and it's like it's always been about the high school kids and they kind of told us to fuck off and they went somewhere (laughs) else and... And the guy who was running it for literally over 20 years was super depressed. And I was like, hey, like, I'd still love to come out and shoot. Like, I get to shoot with you guys once a year. It's the only time I ever see you guys. Like right. I'd love to come out. And like, okay, we'll invite friends. Like, so I invited a bunch of friends. And you were the only one who was available to go down. And it was just it was good to just, you know, have people out there. I mean, just, yeah. just to have like the four or five great. of us that was there. Was just the, I mean, the normal three or four of us that there anyway. But. I mean, just being able to even bring one friend was like, okay, cool. It was like at least we got to like go out and shoot. Of course, they were all like, you know, this is bullshit. He shoots all the time. Like, no, 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 trust me. He's just really athletic and good at shit, so don't worry about that. What was Vivian saying? We took you out disc golfing. It was like a couple of holes in and like your sidearm looks like a goddamn professional. I mean, granted, you play baseball, but – I need to be good at that but it's like it's like, yeah he sucks uh, basta's good at everything yeah, <laughs> yeah my wife gets mad at me all the time especially
2: with you know with the game of bowling like I grew up in a bowling alley and, and you know we had talked about this on previous episodes um about my you know career and upbringing and whatever but you know I took six months without touching a bowling ball and then I can go out there and score well like it, it just Things like that just come natural.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, dare I say you're a, a touch athletic. So, <laughs> yeah, those kind of things are a little easier for the athletic folks. Just That's a just, smidge. Just, just a how smidge. that works. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for coming over. I appreciate it. It's been a fun New Year's, New You episode. Just, uh, talking about so bur- new. bourbon mostly. <laughs> That's mostly yeah, what, we t- you know. what we talk about when we get together. That's all right. All right. Well, thank you again so much. We'll do this again. And we will see you guys next time. Booze time. Booze time.
3: Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up another fun episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that one. I know it was a lot of stupid nonsense and a lot of rambling and even some quiet moments in the middle. But that's fine because... It was just us hanging out, and that's kind of what we wanted to do. We just have a good time, and hopefully there was something enjoyable in there for someone or anyone, possibly, maybe, kind of. I don't know. Either way, uh, I do this because it's fun, and I love it. I mean, it is fun to watch the show grow as it has been the last couple of years. It's been really cool to see the... Uh, The downloads are getting are going up. It's it's really fun to watch, and I'm just I'm excited to see where things go in the next couple of years. I know that I personally need to do a much better job of getting good guests on and then having good topics to talk about. Because sometimes we just get together. I just get together with my friends and we just hang out because I haven't seen them in a while, and it doesn't always make for the best episodes. But I know that I'm having fun, and hopefully you guys are as well. Uh, nonetheless, if you are still listening, thank you so much for all of your support. It does mean the world. Please keep doing what you're doing. Talk about it with friends, share it on social media, and please, 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 wherever you're listening to this, go out and leave the show a five-star review. That really helps the show get bumped up in the rankings and hopefully will expose it to some new people. Now, if you have any questions that you would like to ask any of our regular guests or myself, or even just, uh, some I don't know, topics maybe you would like us to cover, please feel free to drop us a line. You can go to uncensoredhumanity.com and fill out the contact us form, or feel free to send us an email at uncensoredhumanitypodcast at gmail.com. And we will cover those on an upcoming episode. Well, I am excited to say that the next episode coming out is a doozy. Uh, Actually, we recorded it a couple of weeks ago just because that's when our schedules aligned. But with the 100th episode and this New Year's episode, I wanted to wait until after those went live to get this one up and running. But I believe that you're really going to enjoy this one. It's deep. It's tough. There are some rough moments in there. um, But I think that it's worthwhile for a listen for sure. And I really hope that Ryan Carlson, my tech guy, Will hopefully inspire people to do the same things that he's doing and go through the hard times and do the work and working through what have been the traumatic uh, experiences in his life and fighting through depression and, and all those kind of things. It's, 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 I say it's a great episode. It was a lot of fun doing it. It was, it was heavy, but man, oh man, those are the real fun ones for me. I really enjoyed that one. So hopefully, well, not hopefully. You guys will be joining that in a couple of weeks once I get it edited and we will get it uploaded. So you have that to look forward to. But that is all we have time for this week. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.